whilst we're discussing commissioning and finance and technicalities, we need to keep at the forefront of our minds, it is all about the people. And I don't need to reiterate, I don't have to reiterate to this audience the fragmentation that Stephen so eloquently described that people undertake. My guess is each and every one of you here could bring into your mind's eye someone you know, someone you're involved in the care, who experiences that frustration that goes on, that even adepts can't navigate their way around the system. Illustrated by someone I met a couple of years ago, who was an old gentleman who was literally pretty much every few weeks in and out of hospital. He had chest disease, he had heart disease, he had mobility problems. He dialed usually 999 when he got anxious, when he was breathless. And then he was lucky because the area where he was, the GPs and social care and the community staff and the voluntary agencies got together and said, you know, we need to think of looking after these people as a whole. And instead of saying, what's the matter with you? They said, what matters to you? And what mattered to him? was being able to take his dog down to the beach like he used to. So they used that as their goal. And if that is the goal, then how do you make his physical health better? How do you coordinate the needs around that to create that as the delivery for what he wanted? And they managed it. And he went down to the beach now and again and he was stood there with his Zimmer frame throwing the ball for his dog and watching him play and in the waves and in the year before I met him he'd been to the hospital only once collectively that group of people in that area and I just had the latest results yesterday for that cohort of people with multiple problems complex needs reduced hospital admissions by a staggering 42 percent they had also reduced the cost of social care by 8%, which mirrors what happened in Greenwich, where they had two years running £900,000 savings year on year. They started with the needs of the individual, and that was also our starting point on the commission, the needs of the people who we're serving. System and organisations need to work around the person, not the people work around the system and the organizations. One person dealt with people acting as one team from organizations behaving as one system. And we trawled the international literature and examples and we made what we believe were some evidence-based recommendations about how you might do that. And people say to me, so what is the one thing? And I say, well, the one thing is there is no one thing. It's actually several things you do simultaneously at the same time. Yes, the commissioning and financial flows are important, but without the other things, it just won't make a difference. It is all about the people. And I'm just going to run briefly through some of the things. We know that for people who have complex needs, then people working together from different disciplines, different professionals, 
actually has better outcomes as well as being more efficient for the system. That when you start treating people not as body parts but as whole persons, you get a better result and a better experience. So having integrated care teams at the locality between health and social care and mental health, having one of those people act as the person you see most frequently, create a long-term relationship with you, we know that actually creates better benefits. Having that person, you just ring one who coordinates the rest. This isn't about diluting specialist expertise, but it is about pooling specialist expertise for the bespoke benefits of an individual. This isn't new people, new integrated teams. It's about the same people working differently. I say that because I have been to places where they've created an integrated team and they still have a heart failure team and diabetic team and all the other teams. They sort of miss the point. But integrated teams don't happen by magic. They have to be worked at. People have to understand how to work in multidisciplinary ways and in a coordinated fashion. That's why Paul is so right that you've got to start with pre-qualification training and education, post-qualification training and education, and let's have the leaders and leadership development in health and local authority actually having the same leadership development in the same places, starting to understand each other's issues, starting to create the relationships which are the basis of this. One of my maxims is relationships trump structures each and every time. Wherever you see the best examples in this country, it's where the leaders and the people have gone on and decided collectively they have to tackle this issue. If you want integrated teams operating, then the default operating model for them has to be co-management with the person concerned. Why? Because for 8,000 hours in a year on average, the person or their carer has to look after their own conditions anyhow. We professionals intervene for some average three to four hours, yet 99% of energy and effort is into the three to four hours. Wouldn't it make a little bit of sense if we put effort into helping people manage the 8,000 hours? Again, co-management doesn't come by default. You've got to work at how you manage to do that. And technology here, I think, has a huge, huge part to play. It is ever a frustration to me, and I guess lots of other people, that the healthcare industry is almost the last industry to embrace the digital revolution. If we use technology in health and care, it's to add on to the existing delivery model rather than utilize it to transform and fundamentally change the <laughs> delivery model. It will shortly be the Facebook generation who have long-term conditions. Anybody who believes that they're going to struggle to ring several people up, that they're going to wait for an appointment for a week, drive a car, wait in a crowded waiting room to see somebody for a few minutes is actually eating the wrong sort of mushrooms for breakfast. <laughs> and if you want examples of how technology changed delivery, then look to some things happening in the emerging world. Part of that, and part of 
Also, what we recommended was treating information and information sharing as a core purpose. Too often, I've seen the ambitions of creating integrated care be shipwrecked on the rocks of information governance. Information governance should be the servant, not the master of the process. So that's why we recommended that the NHS number should be common identifiable currency, that we should make sharing to care an obligation, that most crucially we suggested in the 21st century the legal ownership of records should, rely, should reside in us as citizens, not the Secretary of State. That is a small thing and it's been pretty much ignored within our recommendations in terms of not getting a lot of attention. But I think it's one of the most high-gearing things we can do because immediately you start to alter the power gradient between the service giver and the service receiver. That I can actually see what's in my records, I can input, <coughs> I can change what happens. It's a simple thing to do, but I think a very powerful <coughs> thing to do. And then we come to, of course, the money. And that's where we say that continuing with the episodic payment as a currency for people with longitudinal conditions <coughs> is a nonsense. That what we have to do is align the incentives of the different organizations to be pulling in the same direction, which is home is the center of care. And for that, we suggested for this cohort of people replacing payment by results for the healthcare system by a year of care capitation tariff, risk adjusted, where several organizations have to come together to agree a common goal, that the form of contracting is where people have to work in coalition, where they share the gain, but also they would actually share the pain. It's a financial means of forcing the integrative conversation. I think it just has to happen for this group of people, and I think that's a view that's now gathering much more currency throughout the system. Uh, I, I did create it when I was in the department and set up the initial pilots, but I think it is a necessity to move in that direction. And if you're going to do that, then how do you commission for it using that currency? That's why we said that health and well-being boards, comma, or analogous arrangements, comma, is what we said, precisely to recognize what was described in Surrey, that in county councils where you have numerous district councils and so on, because housing is a really important part of this, that having health and well-being boards creating the commissioning plan, and we think providers should be part of that discussion, though obviously they're not the decision, final decision makers, but create a joint commissioning plan. And we then said that there will be an obligation, we said a legal obligation, on the existing commissioners and accountable officers, i.e. local authority or CCG, to deliver on that plan. This isn't structural change, but it is relationship and behavioral change. And yes, for those places that want to go further, there should be enabling legislation to allow you to create single pool budget and single commission if you so wish. But I do say that what might be right for Birmingham is probably not right for Cornwall. That there are differences around the country that should be reflected in the way that you set up the system. The system should enable you to make 
decisions with an overall goal and objective of we want coordinated care for the people who most need it. And finally, the five-year forward view is by the NHS for the NHS and is very good but needs to go further and include social care. So let's have on the board of NHS England more people from local authority. Let's have the policy input into policy making more balanced. Having 18 national clinical directors of body parts in a multi-morbid world doesn't really sit well. You need to have people from social care, physios, OTs, pharmacies having an equivalent input. One billion pound of public money is spent on clinical research, zilch or next to zilch on looking at people and how to best deal with multiple morbidity. Let's change that and create a center for using the same money for multiple morbidity. Uh, training boards are geared around the needs of hospitals, not the needs of keeping people at home. Let's have a better balance on that. There are a number of such issues which we address which are really important to address because otherwise the yacht just keeps coming back to the same center. But it is all about the people. Thank you.